It's amazing how God touches people. You know, I tell you, if you've got loved ones, people that aren't aren't, uh, uh, serving God, uh, you pray for them. You pray for them. I mean, that's how you love them, as you pray for them. And and, uh, I guarantee you, that prayer and that intercession will will work the will of God in their lives. And, uh, you know, it's... uh, it's an amazing thing to realize uh, how many of us, like me and, and Brother Danny and others, that, you know, the 70s just swallowed up a lot of people. 60s and 70s swallowed up a lot of people, war and drugs and counterculture and all that stuff. And, but out of it, you know, God drew a remnant of, of men and women to, to serve him and to, uh, and to uh, do the will of God in the earth. So that's, that's always an, an awesome, awesome thing to be a part of that. Lift your hands up and worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you for all your goodness, your kindness, your blessings, that which you've done for us, that which you'll do for us. In Jesus' precious name. Brother Eddie, you ready? Praise God. Praise God. When, uh, yeah, give him a hand clap as he comes. Now, when he finishes, don't rush out. I got one thing we need to do after we get, after you get finished, whenever that is. Amen? Praise God. I thought you loved me, Pastor Rusty. How do you follow something like that? Um, The man of God. I grew up, I was sitting there telling him, I said, this is kind of preaching I grew up on. Very inspirational, just charged you up. No wonder those old timers uh, years ago, Pentecostal people, they thought they'd go out and take the world when they have an inspirational message like that. Yeah, and let me tell you, you say, what, what, what is he? What is he doing? What is that way he is? That's what he is all the time. The other night he said, uh, the other day, Monday, when I saw him, when I came in, he said, I said, how you doing? Well, he said, I I told Pastor Rusty, I got my, I got a a 12 point book. I said, I I thought, man, you, I didn't know you was a deer hunter. I said, you got a 12-point book? Yeah, yes, first one I got. I said, 12-point? He said, yeah, 12-point book. I said, man, he said it was a Himalayan deer. (laughs) I said, a Himalayan deer? He said, yeah, it ran into my car, and him was laying on the side of the road. (laughs) Man, this guy never quits. He never quits. I love him. I just love him. I love to watch him. I love to, I love to talk to him. I love everything about him. And uh, I love his gift. I love his gift. You notice the rhythm. I, I like to watch preachers, and I, I'm just amazed at how God anoints and gifts different preachers with different giftings and and did you notice he's an evangelist? He is an evangelist, no doubt about it. Uh, wasn't much substance, just a lot of inspiration. <laughs> but God moved. People got touched. See, God uses all kind of people. You know, some of us are teachers kind of dry and others of us are evangelists. I have a good friend, Maury Davis, who spent eight years in prison for murder and God called him in prison and, and uh, he's now an evangelist. And I've, I've built a great church uh, 
3,000 in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'd go and sit and, and I'd listen to him preach. And I think, God, I, I don't understand a thing he's saying. I mean, he made no sense. There was no rhyme. There was no rhythm to it. There was no flow of the message. There was no beginning, no end. But then when he'd give the altar call, an anointing would fall in that room. And I'd never been in one of his services where at least 30 or 40 people did not come forward and accept Christ as Lord and Savior. That's just the gift of the evangelist. Terry Law would come and speak for me. Terry Law was an evangelist and a dear friend. And Terry would come and speak for me. And he'd, he'd preach on anything. I mean, I'd preach on hell as a pastor. I'd have smoke machines. I would have videos of fire, you know. I'd do anything I could to kind of entice people and scare them. He'd come preach on heaven or he would come preach on healing or he'd come preach on angels and give an altar call and people would flood the altar yeah. to get saved. It's just the anointing of the evangelist. And it's just wonderful to see all these different ministers and to be around them and to see how God uses them. I had a wise minister tell me years ago, one of the greatest lessons you'll learn is that you learn how God uses you and you be satisfied with that. Stop trying to be somebody else. I couldn't be him. I tried to. That's the, that's the kind of preaching I grew up on. And I thought that's the way you were supposed to do. And I used to get, when I was a young preacher, boy, I'd get in front of the mirror and I'd try to get that rhythm. And God said, Duh. And, 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 and I would try to do all those. I'd try to do all those. First of all, I'd get coughing. I couldn't do it. <laughs> And then I'd try to do all those rhyming and the, and the inspiration and the dedication. And I would always, my third one, I never could get it. And constipation. I mean, it was a... It, I was good for two, but never good for three. I could get two of them. I could never give three of them. And it's just, it's just wonderful to watch how the body of Christ... And how God, because you know, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, there's a minister for every man. There is someone for every man. Thank you, Pastor Danny. I I tell you what, that was just wonderful. It was wonderful in every way. It was just wonderful in every way. I, I, you know, I I just noticed things. And I just want to say thank you to Pastor Roland. And, you know, we go to preach places and Pastors will want me to do a teaching on in the morning, do a morning service or a morning Bible study, and and they can't get praise and worship people there in the mornings. And your praise and worship team, I know many of them have taken work off to be here, and uh, you're all your ushers and all your greeters. This is just a wonderful place, and uh, thank you, thank you. And it's just been so fun, Pastor, um, let's see, who was the first one Monday morning? Pastor, uh, no, first one Monday morning. Randy Ayers, Pastor Randy. Man, he got me fired up about, I got to believe God for some more things. You know, it's easy. We've been in this stuff for so long. There's a lot of things we just take for granted and we'll just let slide, especially, well, we've got a little headache. We won't 
you know, just take a Tylenol, you know, or, you know, we got a little uh, a financial need. Uh, we don't even pray about some of those stuff anymore. And he ignited us back on believing God, yeah. believing God. And then after him, uh, Pastor, uh, Brother Christopher Alam, and every time I've heard him, he ignites me for souls. Every time I've heard him, he ignites me for the nations. And then yesterday, Brother Allen ignited us for love and loving everybody. And I just, and I, I thought, you know, cause I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'll be as raw with you. I've gotten, I, I've watched some of the news. I don't watch a lot, but I see all these immigrants coming in and I get frustrated. And my first thought is not loving them. That's not my first thought. And the Lord really convicted me yesterday when Brother Allen. And thank you, Brother Allen. And then one Greg Fritz, wonderful yesterday. I mean, just wonderful, wonderful. That guy is blessed more that, than any guy I know and does less than anybody I know. <laughs> hey, hey, he's just walking in the favor of God. That's all I know. He does, he's blessed more and does less than anybody I know. And he's good with that. He, he's good with that. And then last night, oh man, Pastor Rusty, I knew when he prayed, I knew when he prayed before he preached, he was stepping into something different. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then this morning, Pastor Danny, and then tonight, y'all get the caps on. Jesus always saves the best to last. Amen. And uh, y'all get my, my heroes, yes. uh, the Brazis tonight. So hey, we've got uh, uh, 20 minutes till 12, and I quit at 12. Uh, so uh, I, I quit at 12. I get hungry at 12. <laughs> my wife, you know, I've lost 70 pounds, and my wife says, you know, you know, you, you, the key is the metabolism. You've got to keep it going. Because for years, I couldn't lose any weight. I'd just starve. And she'd tell me all this stuff. Now, you've got to keep the metabolism going. So I'm big on that. Uh, I keep my metabolism going. You know, 12, I'm eating. I don't care what you <laughs> It's a metabolism thing, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm tasked with this responsibility of talking to you about your thought life. And every day I'm getting um, messages, emails, phone calls, Zoom. People are wanting to meet from overseas by Zoom. People are driving for hours. Can you talk to us? Can you come pray for us and get us free? We're harassed in our mind on these thoughts, racing thoughts, harassing thoughts, a mind that will not turn off, thoughts that come in like a tsunami. And people want an, a suddenly event. They want their mind renewed suddenly. And there is the presence of God that you can touch people and the anointing of God will come and give you a sudden deliverance or a sudden reprieve. And we thank God for that. But we know Satan will come back around. If you and I have not developed a pattern, if you and I have not developed a discipline, if we have not renewed our mind. See, the Bible doesn't talk about being delivered in your mind. The Bible talks about being renewed in your mind. And a renewing of the mind does not mean to add to, or it's not about learning more. To renew means to change and to make new. Yeah. And to change and make new, it takes a process. The kingdom of God operates by process. Yes. Amen. 
In fact, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Let me show it to you. Mark chapter 4. The kingdom of God operates by process. We love, we in the charismatic uh, vein, Pentecostal vein, we love the suddenlies of God. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Had a Baptist pastor tell me one time, Eddie, if y'all didn't have Acts 2-4, y'all wouldn't have anything. I said, you're exactly right. And, and suddenly they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, Acts 2-4. The Baptist pastor said, if you didn't have Acts 2-4, you wouldn't have anything. I said, you're exactly right, but bless God, we got it. Yeah. We yeah. got it. And suddenly... Paul on the road to Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven changed him. We love the suddenlies. In fact, we pray for the suddenlies. We expect the suddenlies. Every one of us love it when we pray and God suddenly heals us or we pray for somebody and God suddenly does something or we see a sudden answer to our prayers. Those are wonderful. Those are great. Those are tremendous and we believe for that. And I believe in these days that are coming, we're going to see a lot more suddenlies of God. But in your walk with God, your daily routine with God, the suddenlies are the exception instead of the rule. The kingdom of God comes about in our life through process. That's how the kingdom of God operates, through process. In fact, uh, let, me, let me show it to you. Um, look at um, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he said, uh, Jesus talking here, so he said, is, so is the kingdom of God. Now notice what he said. This is the kingdom of God. This is how the kingdom of God operates is what he's talking about here. So is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground, Mark 4, 26, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Notice a process. It's not a suddenly. A man casts seed into the ground, and spends days, he says, night and day, night and day. In other words, it's a process. It's not going to, many times, it will not happen suddenly. But you cast seed in the ground, and then night and day, and before long, if you take care of that seed, if you steward that seed, if you water that seed, suddenly they'll become a blade then a little while longer, an ear. And then a little while longer, the full corn of the ear or the process or, or the, the harvest. Notice it's a process. It doesn't cast seed in the ground one day and a harvest the next day. Amanda and I, uh, back years ago when we were pastoring and we, we didn't have a lot of money, and uh, so we decided to uh, uh, plant a little garden. And we, we, we read about it. We got back that, that's for the internet. So we read about it. We went down to the co-op. I had a man come over, a neighbor. He came over and, and he t had a tiller. I saw him tilling him a garden spot. So I said, can you till me a garden spot? So he tilled me a garden spot about, about the, as long as this, this front row here. And it, it wasn't very, it was very small and about like this, cause this is our first garden. And we asked some friends, what do we need to plant? And they told us to go down to the co-op. So we went down to the co-op and we got a, a couple of tomato slips and we got some beans and we got some potatoes and we got some okra. 
um, and uh, radishes. I think we got some radishes. And we spent all day on a Friday planting those, working the dirt, got some miracle grow stuff and put in there. And I remember that Friday afternoon, we stretched our hands across that little garden and said, Lord, now you said you'd bless our bread and our water and everything we have you'd bless. And we prayed over that. God, we, we, we don't have a whole lot of money, so we're going to believe you're going to bless us this way. And uh, went to bed that night. That's Friday night. Saturday morning I woke up. I woke up when I woke up and was heading to the restroom and, and uh, looked out the window, glanced out the window, and I could see in my backyard and saw that garden spot. And my eye looked again, took a double take, and I saw something in my garden. And I got down the window and I looked out and looked like a watermelon, looked like cantaloupe squash, full, ripe stuff. And I rubbed my eyes and I, 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 Amanda said, what are you doing? I said, I think God's done a miracle. She said, what kind of, what do you mean? I said, our garden, we got a harvest. I got on my shoes. I ran out of the house, ran through the backyard. I'm thinking, glory to God, miracle, unbelievable. This is going to be a testimony. This is going to be a testimony. And the closer I got, there was full watermelon in there. There were cantaloupe in there. There was uh, uh, squash in there. And I'm, I'm... at first, I'm a little dumb. I'm thinking, how did, go, oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then by the time she got there, she's laughing all the way out there. And I then notice there's shoe prints around the garden. And some of my deacons heard I was planting a garden. And they came during the night and put some of those things in the garden. See, you were thinking, man, this is something, man, this is something. Now, anybody in, in, in their right mind, see, we Pentecostals, uh, uh, in Pentecostals charismatic, we would think, oh, man, now well, that could happen. Yeah, yeah, you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is a good story. Oh, this is a good story. It's a good story. You don't plant beans and get cantaloupe. <laughs> You don't sow unfaithfulness and get faithfulness. You don't sow fear and get courage. You don't sow radishes and get watermelon. And no farmer should know, I mean, farmers should know that you don't sow on Friday and get a harvest on Saturday. You see. See, the kingdom of God works by process. And what Satan has done is for years since we did not know about our thought life and steward our thought life. We were big on our spirit and we were big on getting our body, making sure we didn't know immoral things in our body. But our thought life became uh, uh, open territory. And we've allowed things in. And because of that, Satan over time has just caused our minds to become toxic.
And now a lot of Christians are struggling. You know, we are dealing in a, an age right now where there's the spirit of fear. Yeah. Yes. Now, fear and the spirit of fear are two different things. Fear is a natural reaction. Just a natural fear is a natural reaction caused by a sound or by a momentary event that startles you that will trigger the natural fight or flight response. That's natural fear. You hear something explode out of the ordinary. You're one expecting it. And all of a sudden there will be just a, that will, that will cause a moment of fear in you that will cause you to either go check it out or to get away from it. That's not demonic. That's just natural. But what the spirit of fear is, is that the demonic will grab hold of that one moment. And the spirit of fear is when you don't have a moment of startled, uh, uh, being startled. You just live with the results of that being startled and that panic and that anxiety all the time, even though that moment is no longer a present in your life. And that's what we're dealing with here in the United States and around the world. We're dealing with the spirit of fear. That I know people that a year and a half later will not get out of their house. Not because, because of a moment they might have heard 18 months earlier, but that spirit has grabbed hold of them and it's bound them 18 months later. It's not a real thing right now. That moment is past. It's not a real thing. But that spirit of fear makes that moment ever present. So we, God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. And a sound mind does not happen like that. It's a process. So I want to just, I've got nine minutes. Let me tell you real quickly. Um, the greatest need in the body of Christ is to get our minds renewed with the Word of God. And you know that. Now let me just tell you how you do it. We talk about, yeah, we need to get our minds renewed with the Word of God. And then we think, well, we just need to go lay hands on people. No, that's not how you get your mind renewed with the Word of God. Thank God for the anointing, and that'll help pe get people get free from a momentary a lapse or a, a torment. And we thank God for that. But here's, how, here's some processes God has taught me how to get our mind renewed. Number one, become aware. The first thing to get your mind renewed. Now, this is a discipline. This is a spiritual discipline. Become aware of how you are thinking. Yeah. Remember, renewing your mind is not just adding to. Renewing your mind is not just learning. Renewing your mind is changing. And to make new. And to make new and to change, the first thing you've got to do, you've got to evaluate your thought life. What are you and I entertaining that we don't need to be entertaining? You do not get your mind renewed by coming to another conference and adding some more good Bible information on to what you got. To renew your mind, you've got to, first of all, evaluate what am I thinking? Where has my thought life been? What have I been entertaining? What grabs my attention and takes my thoughts away? Have you ever been driving somewhere? Maybe you drive there quite frequently and you'll drive somewhere and all of a sudden you'll get to your destination, you'll get out of your car and you'll suddenly realize, I don't even remember getting here. You've just done it. Why? Because your mind was taken off somewhere else and your body 
was taking you in a different direction. But you can, you can even remember, did I turn there? Did I go? Which way did I come today anyway? See, we've got to become aware of our thought life. How many times have, I, I know one of the things that Amanda and I enjoy doing is that we'll go, we'll watch a good movie. And you know the reason we watch a good movie? We, our mind just goes blank. Just goes blank. What are you thinking? What are you entertaining? What does your mind default to every day? What does your thought life default to? And that's what the spirit of fear has done when we, our mind is defaulting to that event, that moment, that traumatic moment or that painful experience that might have been years ago, but our mind keeps defaulting back to that and it's causing us to live into a reality today that's past. That's the spirit of fear. So the first thing to get your mind renewed with the Word of God, you've got to be honest on what have I allowed in my mind? What am I thinking about? What am I entertaining? What am I daydreaming about? What am I uh, 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 allowing my mind to roam about? That's the, that's the first thing. Let me, let me give you some scriptures to help you with that. Uh, look, uh, look with me at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You know this. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things of a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So notice the Lord gives us a list here of how we're to think. So we evaluate our thought life in terms of this. Is this true? Is this thought I'm dwelling on that's got me all worked up this morning? Is that a true thought? Is that a thought of good report? Is this thought that's got me feeling heavy and depressed, feeling fearful? Is it really a good report? Is it lovely? Is it praiseworthy? We first of all have to start evaluating our thought life. Second thing, number one, evaluate your thought life. Number two, you've got to become aware of how God wants you to think. Become aware of how God wants you to think. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. God wants you to think in terms of His word. So number one, evaluate how you're thinking. And number two, evaluate how God wants you to think. Number three, reject thoughts that are contrary to God's way of thinking. Reject thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Taking every thought captive. Rejecting. Find out. Do an evaluation. How am I thinking? Remember, the way you think is your direction and your destiny. The way you think determines your quality of life. So you need to, th- to do an evaluation. How am I th- thinking? Number two, find out how God wants you to think. His word. Number three, reject thoughts that are not godly. He's God's way of thinking. Take those thoughts captive. Number four, here's the key. Practice the thoughts of God until they become your own. Practice the thoughts of God until they become your own. Here's a scripture. James chapter 1 verse 21. 
Notice what it says. Receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to do what? Save your souls, your mind, your will, and emotions. You've got to receive the word of God. So you've got to practice the word of God until it becomes your own. Remember, evaluate your thoughts. Find out how God wants you to think. Take your ungodly, unhealthy, impure, unlovely, not praiseworthy thoughts captive and then start practicing, start thinking. You have to do it intentionally. There's not going to come some anointing upon you to do this. You've got to do this intentionally. No, no, I'm not going to think. Here's how I learned to do it. I'm not going to do that. I, I refuse to think that. You know, those thoughts, if you've thought that way for years, you're automatically going to default to think that way. And you've got to say, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to let my mind wander for the next 20 minutes thinking that negative stuff. I'm not going to think about that past event. I'm not going to replay what they said to me and that moment of pain and heartache and disappointment. I'm not going to replay that scene no more. I've replayed it a million times. I'm not going to replay it again and get those feelings of heaviness and darkness and brokenness and pain and and depression. I'm not going to do it. No, no. Here's what God wants me to think. And then you practice that. Practice the thoughts of God. You say, well, that don't sound too spiritual. It's not very spiritual until you start reaping the benefits of it. Then you get a sound mind. See? So, evaluate your thoughts. Evaluate your thoughts. Become aware. Become aware of how God wants you to think, number two. Reject thoughts that are contrary to God's way of thinking. Practice the thoughts of God. And then finally, number five. You've got to replace godly mindsets with a godly way of thinking by confession of God's Word. Here's the lesson that I learned in my battle. I can never outthink the devil. He operates in the arena of thought. He's the master at thought. That's how he got Adam and Eve. Hath God said. That's how he, that's how he deceived Judas, his Bible says, and Satan having put into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. It all began with a thought. It all began with a thought. Satan operates in the arena of thought. Every time he throws a thought in your mind, you try to throw a, come back with a God thought, Satan will come back with a negative thought. You come back with a God thought, Satan will come back with a negative thought. You've got to get out of the realm, realm of logic. Yeah. You can never defeat Satan having a thought battle. You've got to speak God's Word. You can't outthink him, but you can outtalk him. Psalm chapter 45. This is my verse that the Lord showed me years ago. Psalm 45 verse 1. My tongue, my tongue is a pen, ink pen of a ready writer. Notice my tongue is writing something. And then he tells you where your tongue writes. He says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My heart is indicting a good matter. That word indicting means overflowing. In other words, your tongue, whatever you speak, is riding on your heart. And you will speak out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? So you have to write. 
by your words on your heart, and then your mouth will in turn speak out what you've written on your heart. You can't outthink the devil, but you can outtalk him. So you must confess the Word of God. That's why a pastor tells you on these confessions, what are you doing? You are disarming the devil. You are disarming the devil. It's not just some religious exercise like four Hail Marys and five Our Fathers and that kind of stuff. You are disarming the devil. Number one, evaluate how you're thinking. Just evaluate. Take an evaluation. Do an inventory of your thought life. Evaluate how you're thinking. Number two, become aware of how you, God wants you to think. You say, what does that mean? Well, just be a student of the Bible. Do your Bible study. Have a daily devotion. Number three, reject the way you're thinking that's ungodly. Take it captive. No, 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 I'm not going to think that. Number four, practice God's thoughts till they become your own. And number five, the way you do that is by speaking them out. <laughs> speaking them out. All right? Amen, amen, amen. Beautiful. Did I tell you about the time I was in prison for 40 years? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give Brother Eddie a big hand clap. Didn't you enjoy him this week? Praise God. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard, if you will. Lift your hands and worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you today. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, as Brother Frank plays for just a moment, I woke up this morning and uh, the Lord spoke to me, and so I have this routine whenever I get instruction from the Lord and I... I'll, I'll, basically what I try to do is forget it. Really, because if you can forget it, it's not God. Amen. And so a lot of you, if you'll learn that lesson, you say, what do you mean? Well, sometimes things may come up in your spirit that you think, oh, I don't know. And then, you know, you just, you just have to allow the Spirit of God to continue. Sometimes if he'll press, then you'll give a little, uh, a, how would you say, response to that. He'll press it even harder, press it even harder than that. Uh, the Lord spoke to me about Brad, BB. And this is what he told me this morning. He said, Brad needs some money. He said, Brad needs some money. Brad is uh, in Dublin, Ireland, and I have a very uh, big interest in the nation of Ireland. God used us very powerfully in the late 80s and through the 90s to see a, a great revival uh, break out. And out of that revival, now we're seeing churches being raised up, and he and his wife are uh, uh, they're pioneering a move of God there in Dublin. And Dublin desperately needs it right now. I saw the church in Dublin grow uh, under our ministry and under other ministries to over a thousand people, and very that's very strong for a European church. And uh, but a lot of that, you know, the Lord took me out supernaturally, took me out of Ireland in, in 2002. I actually made a trip. I had worked there for over 12 years. Sometimes three, four times a year, I would go. Sometimes I would speak 21 days in a row, just plowing the ground, and planting the seed, and plowing the ground. And then the Lord began to deal with me, us, us about starting Island Church. And we we said, well, okay, Lord, we'll do what you said. But I, I really didn't know what to do with Ireland. And I just went, the last trip I went, I just told everybody goodbye. I would never see them again. I thought, well, you know, I'll just go to Galveston and 
and, and work pastoral ministry and see what God does. Well, sure enough, God raised up a missions church here because we're very involved in missions, but Ireland is the main nation that I've worked in my whole life. And so in 2014, uh, through a couple out of Pastor Mark and Janet's church, they invited us to a conference over there. And so we went. We really had a good time. It was really a joyful time. But I got to see a lot of old friends and people that came, and it just really revived something in me. Uh, but not to my knowledge, sitting in the church was a couple that came to the church and just were servants in the church, just a couple in the church. And uh, they asked to meet with Lee and I, and they said that they had Ireland on their heart. And so that really did thrill me. And so they've, uh, everybody knows the story of Ryan and Kimberly. They're there. We're, we're pioneering our second church in uh, uh, New London. We have, we'll have one in the north, one in the south. I believe that's just the beginning. But we're also connected to a lot of people all over that nation. And Brad and Amy have been there for many years working uh, with your father-in-law and, and, uh, uh, and, and doing the work there in Limerick. Now, God has separated them. But right when they got there and they were poised to, to, uh, to begin pioneering and begin to do the work, COVID hit. And COVID has locked down Ireland horribly. It's a horrible, very draconian uh, lockdown they have, in which people just really don't have any freedom at all. But it's loosening up. And they're getting, Brad and Amy are going to have the opportunity now to, uh, to begin to evangelize. But I want you to know, uh, it takes money to do that. And they do have good partners. We support them monthly. Others do. But the Lord, he woke me up and said, uh, Brad Beebe, he needs some money. He needs some money. And I said, okay, Lord, we're going to take him an offering uh, today. So that's what we're going to do. I brought a, brought a check for, for a, you know, a good-sized check. And I want you, if you will, uh, uh, this is just a spontaneous thing that we do. If you say, well, I, I don't you know, have any money or I don't want to. That's fine. That, that, that's okay. There's no pressure to do this. But if you will do this, we'll, we'll receive an offering. We'll give him one check in a little bit. And then we'll hear the great testimony about how God used this offering to help begin that work, begin that church. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I've got a church you're fixing to take which is a real breakthrough because as, as they have labored and, labored and sown into other churches and ministries there in Ireland, now God's given them a church to, to, uh, to begin to work in. And listen, I'm going to believe God that many of those uh, people that were, lots of people were saved, literally hundreds of people were saved, probably thousands in that Dublin area as we worked there through the 90s. Uh, I'm going to believe God they're going to come to come to their church because we're connected to them and that's part of the fruit of this ministry and so is this so they need to they need to be in that church how many agree amen i know that the 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 main church that was there the, the has really gone down and we just really need to pray for them but thank god we've got something else god's always got something else going on amen is this okay i mean we've not taken any offerings during the week i didn't want to but i think we should do this because god said to do it Amen. So there's a special uh, anointing. I've always noticed when God does something spontaneous like that, there's a special anointing. It's a great opportunity to sow. You know, a lot of times churches don't teach this because many people don't have the revelation. People in uh, denominational churches don't understand that. Their, their offering time in most denominational churches is time to, uh, uh, to collect funds for the church. Our offering time is worship time. We worship God with our money. Amen. Praise God. Let's hold up our offerings. Let's, let's make a confession. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for Ireland. All those wonderful people. Oh, they need Jesus. We thank you, Father, that with this offering, Brad and Amy will be able to take off in their ministry and begin to gather the congregation that will assemble and become the functioning entity of harvest in that area. Father, we bless them. Lord, we ask for your protection. We thank you that this COVID restriction is broken. And in Jesus' name, let the glory of God come back into that nation. We ask it. We believe we receive it. Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can bring your bring your offerings up real quick. Well, hold on. Do we have some bowls back there? Guys, you can pass. Why don't you just pass the bowl? That way people don't have to run up here. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Here, sweetheart, you can put that in the offering. Hallelujah. That was good, Brother Danny Johnson. Amen. Glory to God. Brother Eddie's always good. Listen, if I could tell you the most important thing to do as a believer, when I came back to the Lord, I had I started praying in the Holy Ghost. Came back to the Lord on a Wednesday. On Sunday, I got refilled with the Holy Ghost. And I began to really pray in the Spirit literally that next day on Monday. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and that went on for three or four days and I was reading my Bible. Listen, I grew up in the in the AG, so I remember all of my Sunday school lessons. I always remember going to going to church with my Sunday school lesson book and my buddy barrel. Anybody knows? Hey, I'm don't laugh at the buddy barrel. Buddy, the buddy barrel has evangelized the world. Amen. Who remembers the buddy barrel? There's a few of us left. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Jackie remembers the buddy barrel. Amen. And so, you know, I was I was just, you know, raising that. But here's, here's the thing, man. Uh, uh, when we have these opportunities like this, and when we begin to realize that all of this is going to be to preach the gospel and win souls, we realize we're planting good seed and good soil. Our, our, our offerings become great financial opportunities. Amen. And let me let me just thank you for your giving this week. You know, the Lord instructed me not to pull, just to use one scripture. And listen, the offerings have been awesome. We're over fifty thousand dollars right now, without even pulling, without even pulling for money. Amen. And I trust this will be a blessed offering. Well, Pastor Mark and Janet Brzee tonight. Glory to God. I'll just give it to the both of them. They can do whatever they want to. Amen. It'll be awesome. Yes, sir. Oh, you want to minister to them? Oh, come on up. Come on up. Do it, do it so we can get it on. Uh, get it on. Uh, come on, Brad. Come up. Let him, let him do it so he, we can get it on. Uh, get it recorded. For it's grown in your heart for so many years. And you've seen it with your spirit eyes, heard it with your spirit ears. But you've thought, Lord, Lord, such delays, such denials, such restrictions have come against us. How in the world can it explode and become what I've seen? Well, the Lord says, trust Him just a little bit longer. Stand just a little bit stronger. 
begin to speak and proclaim that which is in your heart fully. Hide nothing. And you will cause a great wave of inspiration to sweep across that area. And as you begin to gather the congregation, I'll give you the wisdom to assemble it and put it together in such a way in which you'll be surprised when it's over of how functional and effective it is. So stand fast in all that's been spoken over you over the years. Begin to stir up your spirit and your heart, and it will be contagious to those around you, and you will find yourself in a move and a flow like you've never experienced before, and it shall bring great blessing to those that I've called you to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for obeying God. That's awesome. Isn't that great? Glory. Let's rejoice with them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me just, you know, that's one of the reasons the Bible says to despise not the prophesying or speaking to the edification. Did you know that every church that we were affiliated with, that we helped start and raise up in that nation, began with prophecies. I mean, I'd go into that nation, and I don't know what would, I knew what would come over me, the Holy Ghost, but it would just be these words after words after words. And it's amazing how in that nation, you don't, most people don't understand that, you know, you go to these nations in which, uh, 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 that are very impoverished, and they, they have religion because it's, you know, it's, it's just kind of religion and it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to, to teach or preach them because you don't have to unteach them a whole lot. But then when you go into a nation where there's been a lot of not just teaching, but it's indoctrination. And indoctrination is what, 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 what captures the mind religiously. That's, what indo- that's why your cults are so strong. They know about, my, I call it negative mind renewal. They know about that and they know how to program people. People in cults are programmed. But see, the Word of God, what it does, it sends out like a like a map, like a, like a you know, I, bought, I had this new boat and I've got a, the craziest, uh, uh, what do you call the thing the, up on the trolling motor? I'm always used to those old, you know, just crazy. This one has a deal and you can set it like a, a post or something. You want to make a drift down a, down a Bayshore or something, you can set it on a post and push a button, and it'll 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 do like this, and it'll pick up that post, and it'll go straight toward that post, and you can go all the way down the shoreline just real slow, fishing away. It's amazing. It comes off a satellite and does that. Well, thank God we got something better than a satellite. Woo! We got the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you, He's gonna set that path for Brother Brad, Brad, Miss Amy, and they're gonna go right down the shoreline, fishers of men. What a isn't that good? Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you so much for your goodness. Now for our afternoon, protection, blessing, safety, bless our fellowship. Bring us back tonight with great expectancy in Jesus' name.